So, God told you to write a book. Now what? Hi, I'm Wendy Jo Serna, author, narrator, wife, and mother. I've written and published two novels thus far without really having any clue what I was doing. All I knew for sure was that I had heard from the Lord that I was to write a book. Beyond that, it was all just one grand adventure of faith and a lot of work. And along the way, I learned a few things, things I'd like to share with you. Currently, I've begun to write my third book, and this time I thought, why not take some other people along on the grand adventure with me? So join me as I write, and we'll chat about the process as it unfolds. The practical, the emotional, the mental, the physical, and the spiritual. If I can do this, you can do this. You can write your book. Hey, if the author and finisher of all things told you to do it, he believes that you can. And so do I. So come on, let's write. Hello, fellow authors, and welcome to the first episode of So God Told You to Write a Book. Now what? I'm Wendy Jo Serna, your hostess and fellow author. I know for some of you, being called author might feel a little uncomfortable. But that's what I'm going to call you because that's what I believe you are. If you're on this journey with me, God has called you to write a book. I know for me, even after I published my first novel, and someone came up to me and said, congratulations, author, I felt a little uncomfortable being called an author. Kind of silly, but that's true. It wasn't until after I'd published the second book that I thought, well, by golly, I guess I am an author. So from now on, that's how I will greet you. Today, I'd like to talk a little bit about how I started this journey. Yes, I am in the process of writing the third book, and we will talk about that because it is a process with lots of ups and downs and ins and outs, and and we'll get to that. But today, I thought I'd give you a little background of where it all started for me. Just to let you know who I am a little bit, I am a 61-year-old Caucasian suburban housewife who has been married to the same man since 1986, has raised three children who are now functioning adults, and I have helped with our business. We have a contracting business. Uh, I, you know, did everything from laying sod in the early days to doing book work, but mostly I'm free from those duties these days and a little more, have a little more space in my life to pursue things that I've always wanted to do. And this is actually one of them, podcasting. So even as I had no idea what I was doing writing a book, I don't know how to do a podcast either, but hey, we're going to give it a whirl. So you can learn along with me with the bumps and bruises of being a first-time podcaster as well. So in January of 2015, on the 16th day of that month, I know because it's my eldest's birthday, I was sitting with the Lord and that's my habit in the morning. I pray and I read the word and I journal and whatever else is on the agenda for that morning. And I was sort of bemoaning the fact that my children were all leaving the nest, which is exactly what they're supposed to do, right? But I was feeling um, a little lonely, like that sort of career was coming to, um, well, not a conclusion, certainly, because we always mother, as you mothers know. 
but definitely the season of my active involvement on a day-to-day basis in their lives was coming to a close. So I was asking the Lord, what do you, you know, what next? I've got time on my hands. I've got energy on my hands. I am young still and full of sap and vim and vigor, as they say in the word. And I want to know what's next. And I heard the Lord say, well, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I want to do what you want me to do. Just tell me what to do and I'll do it. And he said, no, I want you to do what you want to do. It was as if he was saying, we've walked together long enough. I trust you. And I put into your heart things that are there for a reason that maybe haven't come out yet. So then I had to say, well, what do I want to do? You know, as a young child, I had lots of dreams and big ideas about what I wanted to do with my life. Uh, Growing up in Minnesota, of course, I was going to be an Olympic ice skater at one point. But we had no even indoor ice arena at that time. You know, I just went up to the uh, local park where they put a hose out on the field and voila, skating rink. And we skated a lot and we loved it. But I was in by no means going to be an Olympic ice skater, but I dreamed of those things. Then I was going to be an Olympic gymnast. The problem being that a, I'm not that courageous, and B, I was five foot seven in eighth grade. So I sort of outgrew that rather quickly, but still loved the sport through all my high school career. And then in college, I was going to be an actress. I got my undergrad degree at the University of Washington in theater arts. Um, but that is sort of where my life shifted in a lot of ways. And I never really pursued that career. So when I'm now in my mid-50s, and the Lord is asking, what do you want to do? It had been so long since anyone even asked me that, that I really didn't know. So I spent some time contemplating that, and it took me a while to write out in one succinct line, I want to do something creative that binds up the brokenhearted and sets captives free. Now that was a very broad stroke, something creative could have been anything. But that's where my heart was. I have, I also went back in my 40s and got my master's degree in psychology, did some counseling, did some group therapy kind of work in the context of the church. So I had a heart for those who are struggling in life, who you see so much trauma and tragedy and pain and people functioning, but sometimes with shackles on, right? So something creative, you know, that early part of my life where I loved the theater, I loved the arts, I loved dance, I loved music, I loved all those things, you know, and I enjoyed them throughout the decades of raising my children, of course, but I wasn't actively participating in them so much. So something creative that binds up the brokenhearted and sets captives free, combining those two passions of my heart of the arts and the brokenhearted. But again, very broad strokes, not knowing where to sort of set my foot on that. But it settled me in a place of, yeah, I I am going to keep my eyes open, my ears open, my spirit open to where that leads me. So January 16th, 2015, sitting with the Lord, just journaling, doing my normal everyday thing. And I hear clear as a bell, 
you know, not an audible voice, but a voice in my head that was so other than anything I'd ever thought before that I knew it was the Holy Spirit. And he said to me, there is a baby catcher gate in heaven. Excuse me? What? Huh? Okay, I, I wrote down the sentence. I read it several times. And I've, you know, walked with the Lord long enough to know that if he tells you something like that, he has something in mind, right? So I contemplated for a while and I said, well, you know, thank you very much for that very interesting tidbit. But what do you want me to do with it? And I heard immediately and just as clearly, I want you to write a book. Okay, well, whoo, fantastic. Um, <laughs> okay, write a book. Well, that ought to be interesting because A, never written a book, and B, I don't know what you're talking about. A baby catcher gate in heaven? So I did what, you know, every spiritually mature person does. I went to Google and said, baby catcher, what's a baby catcher? And I found out, unbeknownst to me, that that's what midwives or OBGYNs, anyone who's in the business or industry of delivering babies, will call themselves a baby catcher. So that was interesting. Started to sort of broaden my mind. What is a baby catcher gate in heaven? What is, what is that? I don't know what you're talking about, Lord. I don't know how to write a book. And he says, well, I have and I do. I have written a book. And I do know what I'm talking about. The number one bestseller of all times. That's the book he's written. And he does know what he's talking about. So at that point, it begins a journey of just saying yes. Not really connecting the dots to doing something creative that binds up the brokenhearted and sets captives free yet. Because I, I didn't know what, what does the baby catcher gate in heaven have to do with anything. But I was willing to say yes. And the following evening, I brought out a, um, just a yellow legal pad and a pen. And I sat in the same place where I'd heard that direction and said, okay, I give you my imagination. I give you whatever skills I possess. And I ask that you would fill in any that I don't possess. I had no idea how important those words were in giving him my imagination giving him free access to this place in my mind where pictures live and where stories live and where ideas unfold and asking him to come into that place and stir it up and help me. I'd written, you know, some things in college. I'd written some things, of course, I had to write a master's thesis, but that was like pulling teeth, honestly. So when he says write a book, I was not jumping up and down because writing for me was hard. I That was my experience with writing big projects. But I sat with the Lord, gave him my imagination, asked him to come and help me. It was as if the Holy Spirit came and began to write with me. And the story began to unfold in my heart and in my mind and come up like out of this place inside of me that I didn't really know existed. And we would write, I, and I say we very intentionally, because it was a co-creating process. I felt his presence. It wasn't weird woo-woo kind of presence. It was just, I, I'm with you, and I'm helping you, and I am delighted 
to be part of this process is what I felt he was saying to me as I wrote. And I would write for, I don't know, an hour, maybe two hours, just scribbling on these legal pads. And then the ideas would simply, like, stop. I didn't, I didn't know what was coming next. I didn't know who, where, what, when, why, how, all those things you're supposed to know when you're right. I didn't know any of that. It just stopped. And, okay, we're done. We're done for the night. But every time I would come back the next night, or I wasn't super disciplined in my writing because I didn't know where this was going to go, right? So I would come back the next time with my legal pad and my pen, and I would pray again. I give you my imagination. I give you my gifts. Please fill in any of the blank spots. Ready, go. And again, he would meet me there. And every time, I didn't know if he would, honestly, he's so faithful, but I, it, this was all sort of new to me. I didn't know, would I have those ideas again? Would, I, would the story continue? How, how do you do this? And every time he would meet me there, and every time the story would, be, would continue, and it was like reading a novel and writing a novel at the same time. And that took, I don't know, about five months before I had what I felt like was a full storyline. I knew it wasn't a complete novel or book yet, but there was a full storyline there that was completely surprising to me. The baby catcher gate in heaven, What it all unfolded in a way. So I don't know, maybe you're a very organized person with great foresight, and I appreciate that, and I am in awe, actually, of authors who have these outlines and they know where the chapters are and they can, like, put them on a flow chart and move them around depending upon what seems good to them and where they want to write next. They can write a chapter 14, even though they haven't finished chapter 2. Not that way for me. It might be the way you do it. I don't know. And that's fine. Everybody has a way. For me, I feel like I just kind of run wildly into the night and hope that the path remains clear in front of me. <laughs> I don't I just keep going. I and the thoughts just keep coming, the ideas, the pictures, they keep coming and then they stop. And that was the process that began The Baby Catcher Gate, my first book. The second book was similar. But I knew a few more things at that time, but it was still very much a co-creating process with Father, with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus active and living in me in this very sort of Wendy Joe sort of way that is unique to my DNA, unique to my upbringing, unique to my voice and my skill set. If he'd have told someone else, there's a baby catcher gate in heaven and I want you to write a book about it, I'm sure it would look completely different, entirely different than the book that came up out of me with that same prompt. So, yeah, that's where it all began. Me being an author, me learning to write with the author and the finisher, by the way. And we'll talk more about, okay, so you've got the first draft. Then it's a whole nother journey of learning editing. What are the types of editing? Where do I go to find an editor? How much does it cost to have an editor? Do I really need to do that editing, copy editing, all that? And the journey of formatting and the journey of design for a cover and the journey of where do I publish? Do I do that traditionally? Do I go self-publish? All those kinds of things. 
that was still way ahead of me, way in front of me. But the initial phase of that, what I now call creative regurgitation, where there's something inside of you that needs to come out and get out, and you'll feel much better when it does, but it's kind of a mess. That initial phase was what took those first five months. And I honestly didn't know, is this book for anyone else but me? Maybe this whole experience was just for me to get to know my creator creatively. I didn't really know. I had so enjoyed the journey. It was so other, so different from writing a technical psychology thesis or any other paper I'd ever written. It was so enjoyable. Yeah, Yes, it was work. Yes, my mind had to function. My hands had to function. I had to think of words. I had to say, is that sentence structure right? Is that what? How do you spell that? All that. Yes, I had to do all those things. But the but it was an enjoyable journey. And so I I just, um, yeah, I just want to share that with you to say this is, this is where I all started with this. So now, you know, writing a second book, writing a third book is because it's not some arduous, hard task. It's a place that to me, I don't know how to describe this except to say it's like a heavenly portal. Like I step into this space and something opens up above me and inside of me and it go and it flows up and down up and down up and down and i i surrender and he gives back and i give to him and he gives back and it and it's this back and forth and up and down and and like i said yes it's it there is work involved but it is a flow of creativity with the heavenly realm that is a place of joy for me and a place of fulfillment for me and a place, honestly, of wonder. It is a marvel to me that I have written two novels and am writing a third. Unexpected, but indeed it is something creative that binds up the brokenhearted and sets captives free. It is indeed the thing that I wanted to do, that he wanted me to do. So if God has asked you, told you, hey, I want you to write a book, I just say submit it back to him and say, how do you want me to do that? And it will probably look entirely different than what it looked like for me because you are unique as I am unique. And every fingerprint is unique and every writing process is unique. So just submit it back to him and step out in faith and obedience because at some point it really just does come down to those things that, hey, I believe he said it, which means he must think I can do it, which means he's going to meet me along the way if I will. So I hope that encourages you. It encourages me just to relive it and remind myself of where I've come from. And next time, we'll continue on this conversation and get you going and keep you motivated and maybe keep myself motivated too. I appreciate you all. Blessings and peace. Shalom. Shalom.